The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing all of the memories that we see through the pensive in Harry Potter. Rare and powerful, the majority of pensives are typically quite small devices that, due to their incredibly personal nature, are often kept on one's person. Of course, one very notable exception of this is the large pensive located in the Headmaster's office at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. This pensive is used to store all of the school's headmaster's memories so that their predecessors may watch and learn from them. It's described as large, ornate, ancient, and made entirely out of stone, with engravings of modified Saxon runes etched all over it. It is also said to be so old that some witches and wizards believe that the Hogwarts pensive predates even the school's castle. To use a pensive, one needs only to extract a memory, deposit it into the pensive's basin, give it a stir, and immerse oneself into the memory. Often described as wispy or gossamer in appearance, memories in this form are believed to be neither liquid nor solid, and are used as described by Albus Dumbledore in the following passage. One simply siphons the excess thoughts from one's mind, pours them into the basin, and examines them at one's leisure. It becomes easier to spot patterns and links, you understand, when they are in this form. As readers of the books will recall, the pensive was used quite frequently throughout the series after its introduction in the fourth novel, The Goblet of Fire. In the films, however, it shows up substantially less. So, in honor of the new HBO Max reboot of the series that was recently announced, I've decided to share with you all of the pensive memories from the original novels. Let's dive right in. 1. Dumbledore's Memory of the Death Eater Trials The majority of the memories that Harry experiences through the pensive belong to Albus Dumbledore, and this first one is no exception. One of our very first introductions to the pensive, this memory is about the Death Eater Trials that took place after Voldemort had fallen from power in 1981. In the memory, we are made privy to the fact that Igor Karkaroff, the headmaster of Durmstrang Institute during Harry's fourth year at Hogwarts, Bellatrix Lestrange, brothers Rodolphus and Rabastan Lestrange, and Varty Crouch Jr. were all tried for their crimes as Death Eaters in the 1980s. 2. Dumbledore's Memory of Bertha Jorkins Yet another Dumbledore memory, the pensive allowed Harry to learn more about Bertha Jorkins, a missing witch who was also a Ministry of Magic employee, working in the Department of Magical Games and Sports at the time of her disappearance. The memory shows Bertha well before she went missing, as a 16-year-old Hogwarts student who had been hexed by one of her peers. 3. Dumbledore's Memory of Snape's Dark Mark For Harry, there was no arguing that Professor Severus Snape should not be trusted, a feeling he felt all the more fervently after seeing Dumbledore's memory of Snape's Dark Mark. In this memory, we see Severus tell Dumbledore that his Dark Mark, the mark on his arm that branded him a Death Eater, was indeed returning. 4. Dumbledore's Memory of Trelawney's Real Prophecy in the Order of the Phoenix, Harry once again finds himself immersed in one of Dumbledore's memories within the pensive. This time, the memories of Dumbledore's interview with Sybil Trelawney, in which the real reason she was hired as the school's divination professor becomes clear. While being interviewed by Dumbledore at the Hogshead Inn in Hogsmeade, the future professor breaks off and begins speaking differently, almost as if in a trance, and provides a true prophecy, that there will be a chosen one. The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches, born to those who have thrice defied him, born as the seventh month dies, and the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal, but he will have power the Dark Lord knows not, and either must die at the hand of the other, 
for neither can live while the other survives. The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord will be born as the seventh month dies. 5. Caractacus Burke's Memory of Merope Gaunt This is the first time that we get a glimpse into someone's mind other than Dumbledore's, as the memory belonged to the owner of Borgen and Burke's, the antique wizarding shop with a questionable reputation located down Nocturne Alley. In this memory, Caractacus Burke recalls Merope Gaunt, Voldemort's mother, selling him Slytherin's locket, which she only paid a mere ten galleons for, taking advantage of her ignorance and desperation. At this point, Merope had been left by Tom Riddle Sr and was heavily pregnant with their unborn child, the future Dark Lord. 6. Dumbledore's Memory of Meeting Young Tom Riddle This memory is yet another of Albus Dumbledore's. Here, he shows Harry his first meeting with a child version of Tom Riddle, long before he became Voldemort. The memory reveals the first interactions between Dumbledore and a young Tom while he was living at Wool's Orphanage, a muggle institution located in London. 7. Bob Ogden's Memory of the Gaunts Bob Ogden was a ministry official who at one point in his career visited the decrepit heart of the Gaunt family, located just outside of the village of Little Hangleton. There to attempt to arrest Morfin Gaunt for hexing unsuspecting muggles, in this memory, Bob Ogden meets with Morfin's father, Marvolo, and his sister, Merope, instead. 8. Morfin Gaunt's Memory of Meeting Teenage Tom Riddle This memory is from the perspective of Morfin Gaunt, Tom Riddle's unknowing uncle. Here we learn that it was an adolescent Tom who not only stole the Gaunt family heirloom of the Peveril Ring, but also murdered the entire Riddle family, his family, who still lived nearby the Gaunt's ancestral home in Little Hangleton. After killing his father and grandparents, Voldemort framed his uncle Morfin for the crime, who spent the remainder of his life in Azkaban. 9. Slughorn's Memory of Tom Riddle and Horcruxes This is one of the most well-known memories that Harry reviews in the pensive. In his attempts to help Dumbledore uncover what dark magic Tom Riddle was after while a student at Hogwarts, there are actually two versions of this memory that we see, the first being a badly tampered one that Professor Slughorn attempted to alter, and the second being the real memory, a memory of an exchange between the Professor and Tom. In the actual memory, it's revealed that Tom approached Professor Slughorn and asked him about Horcruxes and how to make multiple of them. Despite his apparent discomfort on the topic, Slughorn shares with Tom what he knows. 10. Hokey's Memory of Tom Riddle In this memory, for the first time, Harry experiences that the pensive can show one memories from magical beings other than just witches and wizards. Here, he's immersed in a house elf's memory by the name of Hokey. Hokey belonged to an older witch named Hepzibah Smith, and in the memory, the house elf recalls Voldemort stealing Hufflepuff's cup and how the Dark Lord murdered Hepzibah and framed Hokey for it. 11. Dumbledore's Memory of Voldemort's Interview The last of Dumbledore's memories for us to cover today, it's another memory of an interview that Dumbledore conducted for a position at Hogwarts. This time, however, the interview was with a wizard who did not get the job, Voldemort. The scene shows a version of an older Tom Riddle, whose appearance has already begun to resemble that of Voldemort. In the memory, he has supposedly come to apply for the open position of Professor for Defense Against the Dark Arts. Of course, what becomes clear is that he never intended to get the role, rather, he uses the opportunity to curse the position in perpetuity, which is the reason no Dada Professor ever lasted more than a year after that. He then went on to hide one of his Horcruxes, Ravenclaw's diadem, in the castle's room of requirement. 12. Severus Snape's Memories of Lily Evans Perhaps I spoke too soon when I mentioned Professor Slughorn's memories of Tom Riddle 
and the Horcruxes being the most well-known memories Harry experiences in the pensive, when in actual fact, these memories of Snape's are likely the most well-known. In a complex montage of memories, Harry finally gets to see who Severus Snape really was, discovering that the only thing that ever truly motivated him was his love for Harry's mother, Lily. We see scenes of the two meeting for the first time as children, growing up together in the muggle town of Cokeworth. We see their friendship blossom over their shared ability to do magic. We see them go to Hogwarts and get sorted into different houses. We see them drift apart, and ultimately we see Lily choose the boy who'd bullied Severus for years, James Potter, and Severus choose Voldemort. Snape lashes out and calls her a mudblood. Lily gives him an ultimatum, their friendship or the dark arts. He chooses the dark arts and his death eater friends. Then finally, we see Snape give Voldemort the prophecy about the chosen one, only to realize in horror that it had pointed the Dark Lord directly to the woman he loves. From childhood to adulthood, Snape's memories of his time spent with or in discussion of Lily show why he was ultimately devoted to Dumbledore and against Voldemort. The Dark Lord murdered the love of his life. And with that, we've come to the end of another video. What did you think? Do you remember all of these pensive memories? Do you hope that they'll all be included in the upcoming television adaptation of Harry Potter? Please share your thoughts in the comments below. And as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.